Welcome to the Guns, Gear, and Beer podcast. I'm your host, Derek Campbell of MoGuns.com. Really excited for tonight. This is going to be a fun one. We're joined by uh, Adam Peeney again from Knights Armament, uh, Chris from Because Operator, Nathan from Schultz Photography, and Phil from All That Remains. How are you guys doing tonight? Gentlemen, doing good. Living the dream. Living the dream. That is absolutely right. Speaking of living the dream, uh, we'd he- love to hear a little bit about uh, your career, Phil, and how that got going, and your involvement in the firearms industry. You're one of the few, if not the only, like mainstream rock star that is a strong voice for the Second Amendment community. Yeah, I'm Ted Nugent, uh, 20 or 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, <clears throat> well, I got started in in music. I mean, the way most kids do, you know, I, I wanted to play drums and my parents said no. So they got my, my godmother got me a guitar for Christmas and I started playing and that's how I got into bands. I played guitar. So I played in a couple death metal bands um, when I was growing up as a teenager. And that's also where I started doing like backups for just like the deep growls. But that was the first time I ever did any kind of singing or whatever. And singing is a, it, it, what I was doing, singing is a very loose term. Vocalist is probably more accurate. Uh, but so that was kind of where I, the first time that I, you know, was a singer. Um, and I never really thought that it was going to be a career. I, because we did play some really, really extreme, heavy underground kind of stuff. Um, even with all that remains when we got started, um, Nowadays, we'll have one or two songs on a record or maybe three songs on a record that's pretty heavy. Um, back in 2000, they were all pretty heavy, really guitar focused, really guitar solo focused. Um, you know, vocals were a secondary notion almost. Um, I, The people that really started the band, I started the band in like 1998 at the end of the year. Um, and because I, my background in guitar, I just started writing riffs. So once we fleshed out the band, the, the main writers were myself and uh, our two other guitar players. So we were always a really guitar heavy band. So um, <clears throat> we never thought that it would be the kind of thing where we'd be played on the radio or where we'd be doing anything other than, you know, playing on the weekends or playing, uh, you know, local shows or whatever, because it was heavy metal that, uh, that was designed to offend, to, if, if I'm going to be honest. So, um, yeah, that's how I got into, into gun, I mean, into, into music. And then as for getting into guns, I mean, I, I grew up, uh, in the suburbs of Massachusetts and I had some friends of the family that were into shooting. My father was in the military. Uh, I joined the the Marine Corps when I was 18. So I think I shot my first gun at like 14. And then I owned my first gun when I got out of the Marine Corps boot camp uh, at 18 years old. I got it as a gift. It's an SKS and I still got it. Um, but yeah. And so I've always been fairly pro Second Amendment and fairly anti large government. Um, so it, it, as I get older and get got more interested in politics, it kind of evolved from there. And 
then you end up with a guy who's got a job where being a loud mouth at least gets you noticed, um, who's got an interest in politics and who has a counter culture kind of attitude in general. Um, and I guess you get me. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's pretty fucking that's pretty fucking wild, man. <clears throat> so so you said you never never imagined that your music would become a career. At at what point did you realize that it could and when you decided that this is what this is what I'm going to do? Well, you kind of don't get to make those two decisions at the same time or you don't those two things don't happen at the same time. So you asked yeah. um when did I realize that I could make some money doing this? And also, when did I decide I wanted to, wanted it to be a career? I decided I decided that I wanted it to be a career a long time or a while before I realized that we could make some money. Because <clears throat> it, it, you're always making money uh, about two years behind the music that you're putting out. So you put something out and then it takes a couple years for it to stick on, or at least it used to. Um, it's changed nowadays, I think, because, you know, we got started, you know, 15 years ago is when we really started touring and, and looking at it like a business. So it's changed significantly now, but you know, it used to take time, a little bit of time for things to catch on um, and to really, really get and build an audience nowadays. <clears throat> excuse me. Nowadays it's, it's, uh, it's harder for small bands to get on decent tours and get in front of people, but the internet is there. So you get things that catch on and spread like wildfire. So you, there's not like the middle ground of really getting out there and working the way that touring bands used to. Right. <clears throat> but you know, we, I, I quit my last real job in 2004, I think. So that was the last time that I worked for someone else that wasn't like, you know, all the remains or, or the gun shop that, that I'm involved with. Um, so, I mean, it, we made the decision a long time before we didn't start making any money until 2010. So we went five years not making anything. I think I, I made a little bit of money in 2008, 2009, and then 2010, we started to do okay. Um, you know, make respectable money, like adult who has a full-time job that they've been at for more than, you know, that's not, you know, they've been out for more than six months, you know, they've been, they've been there a little while, they got some skill. Um, so yeah, it, it took a while. It takes a long time and it's, it, it's a commitment and it's, it's scary because you're, I mean, good thing it happens most of the time when you're young because you're stupid. But nowadays I wouldn't make a lot of the decisions that I made back when I was a kid, but I was a kid and that's why, uh, that's why you can get away with them, I guess. Yeah, adulting yeah, sucks. sucks. It does. Just gets more expensive the longer you go. <laughs> <laughs> the toys you want get more expensive. Yeah, I mean, I remember looking at a at a PVS fourteen, and I was like, "Oh, really? That's what a toy costs nowadays, huh?" And <laughs> <laughs> you have a set now, don't you? You're you're down the rabbit hole of night vision. I think I think is uh, oh, uh, we lost them again. We lost yeah, them again. The, well, the forest. Folks, is a good we're gonna wrap it up here tonight. <laughs> yeah, we're done. <laughs> Cut it. Good show, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Hey, he's back. I kicked out again. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
It's it's annoying, I know. But you blame the forest. It's all right. Yeah, well, I blame DSL. Nobody should have to use DSL. I don't. I don't. I don't like government being involved in things. But I tell you what, if the government could figure out a way to get my get fucking broadband up to my house, I'd... <laughs> one useful thing. One useful thing. Well, he's talking about guns and PVS fourteen. The best of the black helicopters are coming soon. So, <clears throat> oh God. <laughs> You know, I mean, how many of you guys are actually in the gun business? Or you guys are all in the gun business in some way with like like the gun industry, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So you guys know how it goes with like the toys you collect. It's 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 peer pressure. When when I was growing up, I thought the peer pressure would always be someone who was trying to shove meth in my face. But it's just people saying, Look, you need to buy this expensive thing that I also bought. Yeah, where's your fucking binos? God damn it, there. <laughs> exactly. We exactly. Stop this conversation now because it's only going to get more expensive. And up. Oh, yeah, you're going to be talking about the 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 four tube nods that the the Delta and Seal guys wear nowadays, and all the cool. I I I looked at like uh, I think it was TNVC Tactical Night Vision Company's website, and those they're like. 60 grand or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, man. And they're not that great. Oh, really? I've never looked at them. They don't, they don't work that well? I've they heard are. they're really heavy. Yeah, like, you're better off buying 31s or 15s. But again, yeah. that's, you're talking 15, 20 grand at that point. For, for a good set of white foss, like, 31s. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're 100% worth it, though. 110%. If you go outside a lot at night, if you don't go outside a lot, <laughs> you know, I hear my nods more than any gun I own. Yeah, yeah Dude, that's probably true too. If you're dropping that coin on nods, you're going to make time to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to justify this purchase. Yeah. Shit you, weren't, shit you weren't doing out night, like normally, you're like, oh, you know what? With these, I can probably do that thing that I did in my house outside. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go do that. So, I mean, I would be lying to say that I'm not wearing mine right now. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I've, I've got a lot of friends, you know, because most of the, the, the friends that I have that are in, in the music industry, they, they're completely unfamiliar with this kind of stuff. And I got a lot of friends that I've slapped, uh, put a helmet on their head with a, with a PVS-14 on it. <laughs> That's great. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh I, yeah like i was saying i got a, a buddy that uh did you guys all drop out again no no, no, no. We're, we're, okay. we're, we're here I, I got a buddy that i i slept the the pvs 14 on his head and gave him my my uh mark 18 clone with a can on it and turned the ir flash or ir laser on let him launch a couple rounds through that with the with the PBS 14 and I I swear to God it was like looking like when he looked at me afterwards he was like that's the coolest thing ever <laughs> you can see that when you know, he's doing the whole close one eye you can't see the laser beam open one eye you can see the laser beam close one eye you can't see you know <laughs> this is the coolest thing ever I'm like yeah I know yeah I know no, another convert yeah I don't I don't know that he's looking to dump uh you know. Fifteen thousand dollars into getting all the toys, all the stuff that he would need to have that particular toy, but yeah, it adds up quickly. It's not just the night vision; it's the night vision, and then it's the laser, and then it's a good helmet, and it's, it's and a good mount, and yeah, it just yeah. keeps going, man. Yeah, snowball. 
Geez, a good yeah, helmet. At some point it ends. At some point you're like, it, it oh, doesn't yeah, end. It never fun. ends. No, it doesn't. It it doesn't because they keep coming out with new crap. Exactly. It'll end when like the war on terror ends. That's like <laughs> yeah. no, never. Never. Yeah. It'll end when taxation ends, maybe. Oh, it's theft. It's fucking theft. <laughs> it's theft. It is theft. Now the black helicopters are definitely coming. Yeah, they're all oh, orbiting yeah. all of us. <laughs> well, hey, I gotta say the the first time I really saw cool guns on TV was uh, your guys' video for stand up. Oh, really? Mark 18s. I was like, these motherfuckers know something about guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the guys that were actually doing the shooting, it was me and two buddies. Um. Both of them uh, were former military and and stuff, so we all knew how to shoot. And so we just they they were like, "Where do you guys?" <clears throat> or we were like, "So how do you guys want to do the thing? You know, do the uh, the 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 live fire stuff?" Because we were actually live firing. We didn't have. Uh, I mean, you you know, you can't use a blank on an on AR unless you've got, you know, like a I forget what they called blank assistant device or something. Blank adapter. There you go. BSA. Yeah, BSA. There you go. Um, yeah, so we were we were running, you know, live fire and stuff, and it was it was fun and cool. But I mean, it was it was all of our stuff, so it was just the way we actually had our rifles at the time. Mine was two tone. I was running blackout. What a pain in the ass that was. <laughs> oh God. That's <laughs> right. They paid for it. the video. The video production paid for it. That makes it okay. Yeah. It's a business expense. That's right. It was a business expense. You, that's the greatest thing about owning gun shops and working in the firearms industry. You can write fucking everything off guns, ammo, training, the whole nine. Dude, between the firearms industry and, and the band, whoo, I ain't done a thing for myself in a decade. <laughs> it's all for the business. It's all for the business. I'm going to wear this night vision up on stage. It's a costume. It's a business. <laughs> All I got, all I got to do is talk about the band, and it's a business trip, or go somewhere and show someone a gun, and it's a business trip. You know, it, that's all it takes. Do you tour with your guns and ever hit any ranges along the way? Depending on what the tour is, if we go to Canada, no. If we, if we're staying in the, excuse me, if we're staying in the U.S., then yes. Yeah, Chris, Canada ruins everything. What man? If you come up here, you can you can just shoot our guns. So hey, they don't have SBR laws. So I mean, they that is it. true. You can have an SBR in Canada. Yeah, I I got a SBR. You have an SBR AR fifteen. Yeah, yeah, I got a BCM twelve point five. So they classify all ARs as restricted, but they don't give a shit about barrel length because you're like, wait a minute, you want to make the barrel shorter and less effective? Yeah, why? What? What would? Why? Why would you do that? Less yeah. effective. I, I love like with the five five six round, a ten and a half inch barrel is going to be able to do just about. Oh yeah, everything the average person is going to want it to do. You know, Mark 18s yeah. were so ahead of their time with a ten three to a ten five inch barrel, especially with a can. Like, there's nothing you can't do from three hundred meters. In. You can, and the thing is, like, you, I've seen videos of fucking Haley doing, uh, doing longer than like 500 yard shots with blackout in an SBR. Cough, I mean, bullshit, yeah. cough. What? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I said cough, bullshit, cough. 
Well, that's what he. I mean, I that's what he. That's what he put in the in the video. I'm sure there's there's always if there's one thing that I've learned. There's always someone out there saying, <laughs> "Doesn't matter what you're doing." I love that Article 15 video from years ago of like how to be tactical at the range. Yeah, and it, it's him shooting, and then you see it's someone else banging the steel target to make it gong. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I gotta. I can't say that I really believe that like people are out there making a lot of videos like that. Do you think there are? Yes. Yes. Really? Yeah. When you step on like this side of the industry, you like, and you, you accumulate the knowledge. Like it's the difference of like being able to tell like, Oh, that guy can't really play that guitar riff or that, that drum track's not legit. Like you just know it. And Mm -hmm your gained knowledge you can prove it like yeah and when i when i say effective i'm talking like effective on tissue like shooting animal stuff like that like you can shoot steel and stuff out real far but whether it does anything totally different fucking matter well the but the the ballistics are on 556 five, so they top out at 5 600 yards anyways right it comes down to ammo selection like if you're shooting like 70 grain brown tip which is amazing out of short guns and 14 and a half inch guns if you're shooting like mark 262 which is a 77 grain sierra you know it, it with 556 five, what you want it to do really comes down to ammo selection at the end of the day ball is ball it's four to eight moa ammo that's going to shoot relatively well inside of like if it's a 14 inch gun 500 meters and in if it's 10 half 10 three gun it's 300 meters and in but you can change ammo tax change you know, terminal performance on target. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. Learned something new. Sweet. So on, on a slightly unrelated topic, uh, I'm sure after uh, your years of touring, you probably have some pretty crazy uh, rock star stories. <laughs> uh, I don't uh, see the thing is the good stories you can't tell in public. Yeah. You know, I can, I do have a good story about the time we stole a bus. <laughs> like another band's bus or like a public bus no it was it was we were on tour so we're on tour and we before the tour starts to give you a little a little understanding of how this why we were justified before a tour starts you send uh you send the bus company a routing of where the where the tour is going right so you send out all those all the dates the bus company looks at it and says okay that's cool we sent out a routing that had us going into Canada and the bus company sent us a driver or let a driver take the two, you know, drive the bus that had a, an issue getting into Canada. So he couldn't get in. So we're at the, you know, at the border and we've got a sold out show the next day in Toronto and they're like, your bus driver can't get in. So we kicked them off the bus told him to go get a hotel and we took the bus into Canada. So we're on the way and it's January and it is a very nice day. It is a very sunny, clear day while we're driving. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to, we'd gone over the border in the morning and, and we had issues with the driver. So, you know, we're all tired and stuff. So I'm I'm like, okay, I'm going to go take a nap. So I lay down in my bunk. Next thing I know, I might have fallen asleep for a couple minutes, but next thing you know, the tour manager comes out or comes to my bunk and says, Phil, hey, come here, get up. You got to see this, you know. I get out of my bunk, and as I'm getting out into the 
like the front lounge, I hear our tour manager yell, Casey, no, because the guy driving the bus, his name was Casey. And the bus starts to tip over to the to the passenger to the to the passenger side. So I start walking on the wall. And the bus comes slows to it's it slows down. We weren't going full speed when I got up. We were slowing down. He was trying to pull the bus off. A snow squall had come in and it was whiteout conditions. The wind was blowing, it was really dry, so the snow was, you know, just dry, blowing over the road. You couldn't see anything. So he was pulling over thinking, okay, the it's flat here. I can pull off to the side and, you know, be okay. But it wasn't flat. It just looked flat and there was pr- probably, you know, there's like a 45 degree or, or whatever angle and the bus almost tipped. He tried to pull the bus off onto and the bus almost tipped over. The only thing that saved us was the fact that there was so much snow that it packed up on the side of the bus and didn't let the bus go over. So here we are on the side of the road in Canada, snow squall coming through and the bus is tipped over halfway and we're stuck. So we call a tow and I stick my head out the window when the tow guy comes and I was like, you think you can get us out? And he looks at me, he's a, he just looks up and smiles. He goes, I ain't lost one yet. And I'm like, cool, that's great, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> so he I we get in the bus and and he pulls us out and thankfully we got out of the, out of there with no problem you know no further injuries because someone actually got hit in the head with our safe when the bus flipped to the side <laughs> the bus the safe fell out of the junk bunk that it was in and hit our tour manager in the head um no further injuries we got out and the guy that got us out i walk over to him afterwards and i'm like hey thanks man you know you really saved our ass he's like yeah he's like i didn't want to say this with you guys in there but i ain't never seen a bus with its wheel that high off the ground that didn't go over and i'm like what do you mean he's like it had to be three and a half four feet off the front the front wheel had to be three and a half four feet off the ground so it was only the snow that saved us and uh then we managed to drive the bus halfway to the show before our the wheel had some something had happened where the the seal between the wheel and the tire came loose so there was a hole in one of the tire so the the wheel was turning and the tire wasn't so it it wore a hole in the in the tire so we had to get the tire fixed to get to the show and we managed to actually get to the show at just about five in the evening and so we drove into Toronto with the bus and trailer, having not driven a bus ever before. Mike Martin, our guitar player, did the drive. He drove that thing into Toronto through Toronto traffic with a with a bus and a trailer into to the venue, and we played the show, and it was cool. Jesus, <laughs> man, that's awesome, man. So that's uh, that's our I stole a bus one time story. I stole a bus. <laughs> we called the guy. We we called him up, and we're like, "We're taking your bus, and you better get on a plane tomorrow and get to Toronto." Or else, you know, or else we didn't know what the hell we were going to do because we weren't, I, I figured, I didn't figure we were going to be able to drive it, but he was like, oh shit, okay. So he managed, he showed up and we didn't have any more problems for the rest of the tour. <laughs> Damn, dude. Where'd you play in Toronto? I forget the name. It was a hall. Like it was, it, I think it was an old, uh, an old church, I think. Yeah, probably a lot of old churches in at that time in our career. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, it was a good good show. It was fun. 
we it was sold out before we even got there that was part of the reason why we were so determined we were like we're not missing this oh it's uh that's where i live so uh yeah, oh really definitely definitely cool i'm glad our snow uh also saved you so uh yeah you're welcome uh sorry about that though at the same time of course you're canadian yeah, um no i gotta apologize for that. <laughs> our uh yeah, sorry Sorry about that. <laughs> a boot, a boot. Sorry, sorry about that. Um, the uh, our our bass player lives in Toronto, actually. Oh, that's dumb. cool. Yeah, it, actually, it's dumb, but uh, <laughs> it's pain, it's a pain in the ass having a bass player that lives in a different country. Just get him to move. I mean, <laughs> nah, he he moved for a woman. He moved moved for his wife, and she's cool, and they're happy, oh, and goodness. and it's like. You know, I feel, I feel like I can't give him too much crap because he's happy with his wife and stuff. But at the same yeah. time, it's like, hey, you know, you're, you're in a band that's an American band, dummy. Yeah. Rose, <laughs> I don't know. When you're married and it's wives, I don't know about that shit. My bros have left me in some crazy places. <laughs> <laughs> Laughed about it. Pricks. That's what good bros do. It is what good bros do. Are you coming to Colorado in the near future? Uh, yes, we are. Um, I'm not sure the uh, date, but I I believe it's like middle of December. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, we do pretty well in Colorado. We got one of the radio stations out there really gives us a lot of love. So there's a there's a lot of people out there that that uh, support us, and shows are always really cool. We just played with uh, one of the one of those festivals they have out there. I think it was the High Elevation Fest. They yeah, had and it's Colorado, we, so the high always has multiple meanings. Yeah, it was there was definitely a whole lot of marijuana <laughs> innuendo. Um, a lot of marijuana innuendo. Uh but yeah, so I mean we and we played like we played we headlined the second stage. So that was that was really cool. There was a ton of people, it was it was killer. So that is awesome. So cool. So what is your um your current rifle setup that you're running? Because I've seen you post a couple different pictures on various social media platforms. I uh, I look at guns like tools, so I have like rifles for like applications. I'm not like so. I know a bunch of people that are collectors that are like, if it's a cool gun or it's an odd gun or it's a certain serial number or whatever. And you see, I see this. You see it a lot in the the gun industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people that are just like their guns and their their they buy a gun for a reason that's personal to them. Um, for me, I don't have a ton of guns as far as gun guys go. I have like, I think it's 19 guns total now. And so I have two SBRs that are like my go-tos for like basically anything. Cause you, like you said, 300 yards for a, a 10 and a half inch barrel. Well, considering I live in New Hampshire, if we, if I can get a hundred yards anywhere, I'm amazed. It's just cause all the, hills and mountains and stuff so that's perfect for me but i got a bolt gun that's uh you know just this remington 700 that's set up for you know just not really for deer hunting for target shooting but set up for distance i got a recce my noveski 14.5 recce rifle i'm running a, a vortex uh Strike Eagle and ah, uh, god i i just got a couple of vortexes this year and i can't say enough good stuff about them they're uh their customer service is amazing and 
the quality of their stuff is as it's as well put together and as well made as anything else that I've seen, you know, night force stuff and, and, you know, the really good quality, uh, you know, optics, I, I think they're, I think at least when you, if you're dealing with like their razor HD line, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but then as you go down the quality of their stuff compared to the amount of money that you spend the dollar for dollar, it's really hard to beat. You, you still know? get the same customer service to across the board, which is really, yeah. Good. Yeah. They're, they're good. I, they're doing some really, really good stuff. They're they're I think they're a company to watch. We just picked them up at the, at Highlander. Um, and we are having a hard time keeping their stuff in stock because the price is the price points right and it's really good stuff you know i mean you it's easy to see or it's easy to find the the cheap chinese stuff that's you know comparably priced or a little bit cheaper than your your entry-level vortex stuff but the entry-level vortex stuff you're going to pay a little more for but you're not going to pay a lot more than if you're buying some cheap chinese thing and you're going to get a way better product yeah so Anyways, there's my ad for Vortex. Um, so yeah, my my Noveski is set up for like a recce rifle. I got a I got a DMR five five six. Um, I got an AK because you're supposed to have one. Um, I've got my SKS. Like I said, I've got a twenty two AR. I want to get a, a twenty two takedown. Um, Those are cool. Yeah, there's yeah. I saw. Tax Solutions made. I had one at at Shot Show last year or this past year, and we pre-ordered them, but they're taking forever to get them, and I'm still waiting on mine, and I can't wait because Tax Solutions. I can't. That's another company I can't say enough good things about. They are when it comes to 22s and and stuff for 22s. I can't. I, I there's no other company I'd rather work with than Tax Solutions. They're great. So, <clears throat> but yeah. So those are. That's most of what my guns are. I mean, I've got two 19s for carry uh, in the winter and fall and sometimes in the spring. And then in the summer, I got a 43. Uh, I got two 17 or two. Yeah, two 17s, a 26. But they're all all my guns are like I said, they're all kind of specialized or kind of like tools or whatever. So all my Glocks are are in nine. So all the mags are interchangeable just as long as they're long enough it's you know i kind of I, I and i don't have a ton of different calibers 308 556 and nine millimeter or 99 percent of what i shoot i have you know the blackouts a couple blackout uh, uppers and uh eaks and sks but that's that's really the just your standard everyday most common calibers that are out there is what the stuff that i like to have because it's easiest to find you don't have to screw around i know there's a lot of dudes out there that love their wildcat rounds or <laughs> they are i mean even blackout's expensive and that's a sammy round now right yeah yeah and that's still expensive and hard to get <clears throat> it, it's so hard to vary from 9 22 12 gauge and 556 five, like redneck nato is the fucking way to go that's great i've never heard that redneck nato i'm using that like if you can buy it at walmart it's like you're yeah it went off and it's like man really need some five five six or 30 you know 30 op six or 22 it's like i could just go down the street from walmart and they have plenty of it right now yeah yeah, I like I like that that's, redneck. That's the name of the next album. Yeah, that's Red, what I was saying. Redneck NATO. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> oh man, 
I got to play with some six five for the first time a couple weeks ago. Creedmore, yeah, Creedmore, like eight hundred. And it's fun, but gosh, he's like, oh yeah, I paid like thirty dollars for this box of twenty. Like, oh, oh, hold on, time that. out. Like Creedmore right now, if you buy like the Hornady, the ELDXs, like the common stuff, that's really amazing match ammo. It's cheaper than Federal Gold Medal match. Like anything's cheaper than Federal Gold Medal. <laughs> well, that's gotten better. <laughs> Creedmoor for the performance for what you're getting, like it's going to replace thirty or three hundred eight in the military spectrum, in the law enforcement spectrum, and in the commercial spectrum. Hornady did it right. It's a an inherently accurate cartridge, uh, low recoil, so anybody can shoot it. Uh, it gives you 300 wind mag ballistics with 240 <clears throat> coil. I can't say enough good things about it. Six five Creedmoor. <clears throat> oh yeah, man. For like large frame guns, it's it's the way to go. I have uh, I have one Creedmoor gun that I've been doing a lot of work on, and I've I started out when I started shooting long range. I bought a 700 varmint, shot that till I figured out 308 was dumb. I uh, went 260, realized that was dumb. Had to fucking form the cases from 243 brass and then somebody's like why don't you try this new creedmoor and you can buy it you know at cabela's and it shoots great and this was probably five years ago i've never looked back for if somebody was like i want to get in the long range tomorrow i would push them into a creedmoor before 308 every day of the week Hmm. does cabela's count as redneck nato yeah fucking right it does (laughs) (laughs) You guys ever been to the Cabela's, Cabela's Pyramid? In, oh, wait a minute. That might be Bass Pro Shops. Yeah, that's Bass Pro Shops. Yeah, that's in in, in uh, Memphis. I just went there la- like last month. It's crazy. They have ambassadors that like stand in the, in the actual store, whatever, and they try to get people to, he's like, have you ever thought of coming to stay at the blah, blah, blah? Because they opened it up and they realized, wow, nobody wants to go on vacation here. Because who the fuck is going on vacation to the Bass Pro Shops in <laughs> Memphis, Tennessee? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Have you heard the good word about our Lord and Savior? Six five. Oh. Or- <laughs> <laughs> that, that guy's going on vacation to the Bass Pro Shops. <laughs> Uh, that is awesome. Well, I think we'll wrap up that segment there. Uh, but before we wrap up, uh, let's have everyone give their social media plugs so people can go and find you. Adam, where can the good people listening get in contact with you? Uh, Adam Peeney. I'm the commercial sales manager for Knight's Armament. You can find us on Instagram at Knight Armco. Uh, you can email me directly. It's A-P-I-N-I at KnightArmco.com. Uh, my bullshit personal Instagram is Adam underscore P-I-N-I. And that's all, all my shit. Awesome. Chris, where can people find you? Uh, at Because Operator. Uh, I don't even know what my page does anymore. It, it does a <laughs> fucking lot of crazy shit. So, yeah, uh, it's on Instagram, Facebook, all that. Shit. I, I love the picture of, of your dog with the PBS 31s. That was amazing. Yeah, she did. Uh, she did really well. So uh, that was good. You know what it took to get that face was um, like I can a plate, plate of steamed vegetables to get that. If you can believe that. So uh, yeah. 
dude, I was having such a bad day, and when I saw that, it just made everything better. Dude, everybody was having a bad day. I think that photo was, like, perfectly timed. That was, like, a shit day, shit week, just... Fuck. You found a new market there. Just produce tactical dog pictures. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. It's the corner of the fucking market. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Nathan, where can people go and find you? Uh, Schultz Photography underscore on Instagram, or you can also find us on uh, our website at Schultz-Photography.com. Awesome. And Phil? Uh, I am Phil That Remains uh, on everything. So Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. I think I'm Phil Labonte or Philip Labonte. But I don't go to Facebook anymore because Mark Zuckerberg's a cunt. So <laughs> <laughs> I, st- I still have a platform. Fa- <clears throat> yeah, right. I, I, I still have a Facebook page and I, I post to it once in a while, but I'm most active on like Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, awesome. And my name is Derek Campbell, and be sure to check out our website, moguns.com, M-O-E-G-U-N-S.com, for all of your ridiculously patriotic apparel needs and help support this podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.